Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey, this is Ryan and Brock. We're here with Lead Defend Podcast. Uh, Super excited to have George Ross here. George Ross is the South Region Director for North American Mission Board. And uh, George, you've been in New Orleans 10 years now, actually. Served for a while, been a pastor in Mississippi. Um, George is Dr. George Ross. Uh, Got his demon from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Teaches classes there. Pastors. Lake Shore Church Lake in Shore Church, Lake Shore Church in New Orleans, and uh, man, George is just a leader to leaders, disciple maker, um, catalyst. All the descriptors that are good, you could give to George Ross. You're too kind. Dude, God is gracious. George, we're just so excited you could uh, make a last minute stop to be on this podcast. Yeah. George is about to hit the road and be out of town, and so we're still here recording live at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, mm-hmm. and so uh, George. What did I miss in the descriptors of you? I've been married for 20, 21 years this December and have six kids. Yep. And your, your wife and family are incredible. So, <laughs> God has been so gracious. Thank you. Brock, we were talking just before we hit the record button. George has hosted thousands of students mm-hmm. in New Orleans. It's not an understatement to say thousands over the last decade. Folks going down there to do mission opportunities. Wow. George has one of the most incredible presentations on the city of New Orleans. When they do a Sin City tour, um, George doesn't lead a lot of those anymore, but um, when folks come to kind of get a heart for the city and, and do missions, George has fallen in love with his city, and it, it's contagious. Other people get a heart for the city and, and do it. George, your uh, your CIV tour, I think you call it, Catch the Vision tour, Catch CTV vision. tour. So if I'm going to New Orleans, like I might be for the SPC 2023. That's right. What, yeah. what do I got to do when I'm in New Orleans? You've got to go to Cafe Du Monde. You've got to go to New Orleans Food and Spirits. Okay. Uh, you need to go to the New Orleans Healing Center because it's a great place to see kind of the origins uh, a little bit of the background of voodoo and how it impacts the city. Interesting. Um, you've got to go to the French Quarter. You need to go to the Bywater area, the Marini area. I know that's a lot, but there's some specific things that you need to do while you're there. All right. Well, George, tell us, uh, you've been a pastor of Lakeshore now. How long? Uh, we are in our seventh year. So we were a replant. The church closed its doors in 2016, and we relaunched in 2017. So not quite seven. We're in that sixth year window. Wow. wow. And that's been a labor of love. But you also um, mentor students on campus, um, working with New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. But kind of a key part of everything you do is discipleship. <laughs> like you're investing in folks who you hope are investing in others. And so tell us, when you go about investing in folks, when you go about discipleship, what are the things that drive you? One is just really trying to create a culture. I know that word gets overused, but in so many churches, we've created cultures of dependency in our discipleship and not cultures of deployment. And what I mean by that, our discipleship relationships end up being relationships where we depend on one another and they turn into something unhealthy Mm. when we need to, from the get-go, create cultures of dependency. I'm discipling you so you can go out and disciple others. That's what being a disciple is. Wow. A disciple who makes... Disciples. disciples. That's yeah. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Now, now, George, I, I really, I don't know that I've talked to a lot of people about this, but I, I think sometimes there's an unhealthy, in my generation, generations younger than me, an unhealthy view of discipleship and that discipleship has to be a one-on-one meeting that happens mm-hmm. every week over a cup of coffee. It has to last for an hour. We have to go through this thing. Um, so help us think through what discipleship is biblically. I use two, two words to think through discipleship. I look at 
formal discipleship. So formal discipleship for me is going to be more of the schedule. It's going to be more of you're doing a specific book or you're doing a specific topic. Um, formal discipleship for me and people that come to Christ and they're new believers, I walk them through growing up. It's like a discipleship primer Robbie Gallaty has. So I think about the formal part of discipleship. It's the basics of your walk with the Lord, your identity in Christ, spiritual disciplines, uh, your role in the church. Informal discipleship could be anything. Informal discipleship is the, the rhythms. It's the day in and day out life you live. Uh, informal discipleship, my, my wife is incredible at doing informal discipleship, folding laundry, and I don't mean that in a negative way, where seminary students come over to our house and she just has life that she's living with six kids and hmm. she'll say hey if you want to come over and spend time with me uh, today I've got to do some laundry sit in the floor with me and help me fold clothes and let's talk about your walk with the Lord there's wow. some informal things in discipleship that happen and they're not in the classroom they're not at a coffee shop they're just the rhythms of life you know I, I try to take young guys with me when I travel uh, yeah. no matter where I'm going and, and if I'm doing something just nominal in the city if I have an opportunity for them to go with me they can just go and hang out or uh, be in my home with my wife and my kids. That's a great way to get get some chores and, and stuff on your house done, too. <laughs> i tell you, and George, you don't know this, but I think the first time I ever remember seeing you, I, I was just in New Orleans taking a class for something, and, and I, I was eating at a restaurant, and I saw you across the building, and you were eating with three students, and yeah. it was just a lunch break, but you were having lunch with some folks. And that's the first time I ever remember seeing you, and then later learned who you were and kind of what your role was in the city of New Orleans. Um, so when you go about discipling a person, is it you're identifying people to disciple or is it like, nah, thousands of folks are just rushing to Dr. George Ross to get discipled? Um, we do a residency at our church. So there's a, a part of, I have pathways that are a part of my life where I'm going to be discipling people, but I also am intentional, uh, intentional through prayer. One of the things that happened in 20. The beginning of 2022, end of 2021, my wife and I get together each December and our kids kind of join us in this. Hey, what are some things that the Lord would have us do in 2022, specifically as we think about being a disciple who makes disciples? One of the things that I, I believe was part of just a, a prayer initiative in my life was we have a lot of young men, young married men that don't have kids that are in their first year of marriage at our church. They're non-seminarians. And we do have seminarians that come, but these young men were non-seminarians that had jobs in the cities. I just was very impressed uh, to invite four young men in our church into a discipleship relationship. And I called those four guys and said, hey, uh, you may not want to do this, but man, I'm really impressed just to, if you guys can, if you can meet with me twice a month for this year, and we're gonna go through this, this, and that, and all four of them, yes, we want to do that. So I've very rarely, does anybody that's younger say they don't want somebody to disciple them? They do. They're longing for it. They're hungry for it. So I know that that maybe not totally answer your question. There's pathways because of my job, my position, that people are going to come into my life. But there's also intentionality. I'm a, I'm a member of a church. There are young men in my church. I'm an older guy that's been married for a little while with kids. I, just, I need to be pouring into them because that's what a believer should be doing. That's what a disciple should be doing. So I look at it that way too. Here's my call as a believer, not as a pastor, yeah. not as a, a person in ministry, but as a believer, I ought to be pouring into others and helping them in their walk with Jesus. Yeah, so you know, I think it's great to have a guy like you that's willing to pursue that with younger guys. And, and for anyone that's older listening to this podcast, what a encouragement to you to, to seek out those people. You calling George old? 
No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> but for, for anyone who is younger, perhaps our 16 to 26 viewership, Ryan. Okay, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So, what, hey, today in a luncheon, I had to not raise my hand when it was anyone under 30 for the first time. And Dude, that was humiliating that for hurt. me. That hurt. So, like, and, and can I be honest, too? When you're filling out surveys and stuff, now the age category is yeah. 30 to 45. Yes. So I'm lumped in the 30 to 45 category, Exactly. George. So my question, it, though, it hurts. is for the 16 to 26-year-old listening, they don't have someone in their life that's pursuing them. There isn't a, a, a seminary professor. There isn't a pastor. There isn't a, a Sunday school teacher, a life group leader saying, hey, I want to disciple you. But, but it is something that they're longing for, that they're wanting. How do they go about finding a mentor? How do they go about finding a disciple maker who's willing to pour into their lives? I'm a local church guy. So if you're, you're in a church, find the leadership of your church. Tell them that. Good leadership at churches ought to have pathways to connect people in their yeah. church. And I know that's a big ask sometimes, but you can do it. You can muster up the courage to do that. If they're in a BCM and that's all they know, go to your BCM leadership. Say, hey, this is where I'm at. I really want to be discipled and let leadership know about that. I think that's the first thing that you do. Wow. Hey, George, there's something I've heard about you. It's not a nasty rumor. Um, oh in fact, some folks were <laughs> bragging about this. And they're like, man, I just really think I want to model this after my pastor George Ross and and they were saying that you as a family actually take time away once a year maybe more than that to kind of evaluate goals and talk about discipleship patterns and, and growth in your life if you're willing would you just share kind of what that looks like where that started and how God uses that to form discipleship yeah. in you he tells you this man I, I, I've heard several actually he wants names <laughs> I want names uh, we do since 2008 uh, I have been setting some time aside. My wife and I, we do it as a family. Uh, we set time aside in December. So this is something that's cyclical on our calendar. And we take that time aside in December and we kind of just look at the year and see where we were in the year. You know, how did we do in our spiritual disciplines? In fact, we use three words that we kind of categorize things in. One is loving God. and Loving God is our spiritual disciplines. It's our walk with the Lord. It's our prayer life. Uh, how are we doing in loving God? Uh, the second category is leadership. It's leading well. How do we lead well as a believer? How do we lead well as a kingdom person? And leading well looks different based on the season of the life you're in. Uh, yeah. A single adult, my kids, uh, are going to look different in the leadership that they're pursuing than I am as a married man and the father of six kids. So uh, leadership really has to do with the season of life you're in. And does your leadership look like Jesus? Because I think that's one of the things we need to back up sometimes and look at. Uh, we have a lot of conversation on leadership. And if your leadership doesn't look like the Lord Jesus, then your leadership is out of whack. And we need to really call people to Christ-like leadership, serving leadership so that needs to be a huge part of that so the leading well is really am I leading my wife well am I loving her like Christ loves the church am I leading my family well so we set some goals around that and then living the gospel is the third and final category and that's personal evangelism missional living disciple making and that's where we think through so my disciple making the the fruit from uh, the prayers of our time together as a family, Lord, who would you have us disciple? Wow. Was really a conviction in my heart that I had focused so much on it. We're grateful for the seminary, but the year before that, I'd really spent a lot of time with seminarians, and I knew we had a lot of people in our church that weren't seminarians. And out of that, 
time together, um, my wife and I both said, hey, we need to focus on this group. And that was just out of that time of praying together. So we set goals for loving God, leading well, living the gospel. We come out of that. Um, you know, we don't show up on January 1st, uh, jump online and find a, a reading plan. We have that settled before the year starts. We've gotten whatever resources. Uh, my family's been doing um, uh, Replicate for a long time. And another testimony yeah. that came out of that, my girls, they're, they're really coming in their own, their walk with the Lord. So I have a 16-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old daughter. This year, uh, they wanted to do Bible Recap um, by Tara Lee Cobble. I was a little confused because I'd never heard of her, and I want to always know what my girls are doing. Yeah. So I actually did Bible recap by Tara Lee Cobble with my <laughs> girls this year, and it was outstanding. Has yeah. been outstanding, and just we're doing that together, hearing from them, and being able to walk a little bit with them in that um, has just been really good for for my family and for us each year. It's put some rhythms in their life. Uh, I tell my kids, uh, habits are inescapable. Hmm. The question is, do they serve you well or do they serve you poorly? Yeah. Uh, even wow. for those people that don't like doing the uh, planning or scheduling, all those things. And I get that. I almost want to say you're a walk with the Lord. Jesus loving you isn't living by a calendar. Yeah. Jesus loving you isn't making a list and marking it off. None of those things make Jesus love you. Uh, we're loved because uh, we have repented and believed and the righteousness of Christ is on us. God loves us because of Jesus. So our worth and our value comes from that. So whatever you're doing, it's not for worth and value. You're doing it because you are loved. Right. So just trying to navigate that in their life with rhythms and disciplines and goals. So that is something we do every year. Yeah. And we do it because we have been loved so greatly by Christ, not because we're trying to perform or do these things so God will love us more. So it's been a, a labor of love for my wife and I. It's been a labor of love for my kids. Uh, I've seen them grow in their walk with the Lord and uh, hopefully learning from the mistakes their parents make and yeah. uh, learning to follow Jesus because so they know their love. It sounds like what you're saying is is discipleship, discipleship isn't something that you drift into. It can't be legalistic, but it is intentional. It is intentional, absolutely. That's good. Well, and I like that one of the questions you ask is, who can we disciple in this next year? Hmm. I would say that that's a question that some of the folks that are listening to this have never asked themselves. And so could you give some wisdom, some advice to folks who, man, they've been following the Lord for a while. Maybe they've been invested in directly by somebody. Maybe they haven't. How can they begin asking that question, who's someone I can disciple? And how do they start that? We don't need to take for granted that we think everybody's been discipled. That's what I've Absolutely. learned in a long time in ministry. Um, a story at one of the first churches that I was at, I, I planted this church. I had a 60-year-old core group member. He was with us from the very beginning. He gave a great testimony of his conversion experience, but we went through a series at our church uh, on what does it mean to be a disciple. He waited for me after everyone left. This was a 60-year-old heating and air guy, and everybody left the church. He said, can I talk to you? I said, yes, sir. His nickname in our church was Mr. Butch, and he talked with me, and tears welled up in his eyes. He said, I know I'm a believer, but no one has ever discipled me. He goes, will you disciple wow. me? And again, because I, I gave a call, just a real hard yeah. push. If you haven't been discipled, see someone. And that really just, I mean, God wow. used that in his life. So I discipled him. Again, no rocket science stuff. This is how I walk with Jesus. This is how you can walk with Jesus. And that guy, I stayed at that church for almost eight more years. And that gentleman led all of our new believers classes wow. from then on out That's at incredible. our church. Because you know, number one, he had a powerful testimony. Number two, 
you know, a heat and air guy at our church named Mr. Butch, uh, leading all the new people about what it means to be a disciple. So that question, we've got to ask that question, has anyone ever discipled you and what did that look like? And I think yeah. when we don't ask that question, we don't give people an opportunity to respond because I encounter more and more people too often in the life of the church that have never had a discipling relationship with someone. Yeah. And they don't even know what you're talking about sure. when you talk about it. So what about this? You know, and, and for that guy, I imagine part of why he was so passionate about those new believers classes is he didn't want anyone else to have the same experience he did Bingo. of not being discipled. But it, it's also an interesting dynamic because I'm going to try not to put my foot in my mouth on age again, but I would imagine if he was 60, you were probably younger than him, which is interesting to Very disciple much. someone older than you. But we also, again, with 16 to 26 year olds listening to this, a lot of them are thinking like, who am I to disciple anybody? I'm, I'm 16, I'm, I'm 20, uh, you know, who could I possibly disciple? What, what's your response to that person? Never let age be the determining factor for what you're doing in obedience. Hmm. So if uh, you know and you meet someone that's older than you, they've never been discipled and you have the capacity to do that, uh, age doesn't determine whether we obey or not. So the, yeah. the, it's an obedience issue. Obey yeah. and, and take a, I think sometimes we can accomplish so much more in just a humble posture. The reason the 60-year-old would let me disciple him, uh, he knew I was, uh, uh, I was his pastor and I loved him, I cared about him, and there was a humble posture in my life towards him. George, I, I'm a little bit uh, taken aback because you made it sound so simple. When you're talking to Mr. Butch, you said, hey, this is how I follow Jesus. This is how you can follow Jesus. Is it really that simple? Like, what, what does a student need to know as they go into discipleship? You know, I, I know some folks who have built-in lessons and, and all this stuff that they're like, okay, I'm going to take you through 12 lessons. And so, so tell us, what, what does a person need? I go back. Um, so my grid for discipleship is love, lead, live. And I can meet with anyone at any stage in their life, and I can say, this is how I love the Lord. Uh, and sometimes this is how I struggle in loving the Lord. Yeah. This is how I'm leading well in my life right now. This is what living out Christ in my marriage and my home looked like. And this is what living the gospel is. Uh, wow. I need to give my time to making disciples for the glory of the Lord. That's what God's called me to. So you're exactly right. We've made it harder. You know, uh, Ryan, I know you do international missions and you've been mm -hmm. overseas. They don't have the resources we have. That's we, right. We are here in the United States and we have resources at our fingertips. We can download anything at any time, and yet we're struggling on a global Christian scale uh, like no other place on earth in making disciples, yet we have more resources. Yeah. Where in other places in the world, disciple making is flourishing, and it's flourishing because Jesus hasn't given us a model that's not easily reproduced. Mm. Wow. So you, you said live? Love. Okay, so love. Lead, lead, live. Love, lead, live. And it's that simple. That's simple. That's incredible. That's incredible. Hey, in closing words, George, like what would you say to a student who they've been following the Lord or even they've just started following the Lord and they really feel like God's laid it on their heart to disciple someone, like to disciple even a specific person. Maybe it's a roommate, a classmate, somebody that God's placed in their life on a sports team or in the band. Uh, how do they approach that? Do they have to go, hey, let me disciple you? Like, what does that look like? I would tell them, uh, fall back on two things. One, uh, a word, gospel courage. Uh, gospel courage is you're probably feeling like you don't have enough information or you haven't been a Christian long enough or you're fearful of what they may say. Uh, gospel confidence always gives us gospel courage. Gospel confidence is wow. you, you know who you are in Jesus. Gospel confidence is your identity in Christ. 
gospel courage is that action from your identity in Christ. Know who you are in Jesus and be courageous and ask that person. Quit worrying about trying to have everything perfect. Uh, one of the things we, we do poorly in trying to disciple people is we don't show them the reality of fallen people, broken people following Jesus. Yeah. So just don't let those things hinder you. Don't let those things paralyze you. Step out in courage because you have all you need in Christ and go for it. Because huh. I know it's simple and that may be just a you know the pat answer there, but that's what I would encourage. Uh, let me my ask this to last do. quick question because I think a lot of people will think this. How good of a Christian do you have to be to start discipling someone? Are you walking in obedience? And can you answer that question? Are you are you striving to walk in obedience? That doesn't. I'm not giving you a list of how many times you read your Bible. I'm not giving you a list or a sheet how many times you prayed today, but are you striving to walk in obedience? If you can say that with integrity, that you're striving to walk in obedience, get out there and get with it. Wow, that's big. There it hey, is. Hey, George, you are a leader among leaders, um, not only in the city of New Orleans, but uh, just in church life. And so I think there are some folks who need to get to know you better. Maybe that's through going down to New Orleans and and taking classes at NOBTS. Maybe they're a college student and they think I want to do ministry. Maybe that's they're a young adult college student. They're like, I think I could take a short-term mission trip to New Orleans. How could somebody start getting information about serving the city of New Orleans? Yes, if you go to nam.net, www.nam.net, you can go to New Orleans. You can find out all the information about what does it look like to take a short-term mission trip. Uh, you can also go to the seminary website at NOBTS, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. We have a church planting page there now. Cool. Uh, my information is on there our residency partnership information on there. So local churches can actually do residencies for 18 undergraduate hours, 20 graduate hours wow. in the life of the local church through a program we've set up. So there's a lot of options at NOBTS right now, uh, a lot of partnerships. So we just tell people, if you wanna to come to a great city to learn and do missions, there's a lot of opportunities in New Orleans. That's hey, George, great. thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I hope you'll be back. But uh, regardless, everybody listening is going to be at Lead Defend. Uh, it's our annual leadership and March apologetics 4th. conference on March 4th, 2023. It's going to be a good time. You can go and register at leaddefend.org. And until next time, this has been Lead Defend. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.